0: All right, coaches, welcome back to another episode of the New Jersey High School Strength Coaches Podcast. I'm with my buddy, Paul Colodi up at and Central Regional High School, and uh, we are powered by the National High School Strength Coaches Association. If you're not a member, go to nhsca.us. We've had a lot of new members, um, you know, reaching out because of the podcast, Paul. They've signed up uh, some Jersey guys and, and people all around the country, so it's good. It's good to hear that people are getting fired up about being a high school strength coach or just trying to get better at running the weight room. Today, I'm supposed to have a phone call with a neighboring, uh, a a local high school football coach who runs the weight room. And uh, basically the kids that we train at my private facility are doing really well. And the kids were like, I think he likes me because I'm very strong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I said, yeah, man, coaches tend to like that. It's
1: amazing how that
0: works, right? They like to see, you know, what coach doesn't want to see effort, right? That's what we yeah. look for. We want to see the effort, the fight. And so in this episode, we're not going to talk so much about training. Maybe I'm sure we might sneak it in there. We're going to be talking about some questions I've gotten because I've had experience or still, you know, I, I own my private, two private facilities. I've been at the division one level. And uh, then I got hired for this new position, which was shared uh, when we did the previous podcast with Rich Carroll. And then um, on Twitter, I see this post by uh, Alan Bishop, and he's the uh, strength coach for basketball at the University of Houston. He does a lot of, he shares a lot of good stuff on Twitter. Some of it may be a little bit advanced if you're having large groups, high school kids, but he, he just puts out a lot of great stuff. So check out this uh, tweet and we'll get into it. So he goes, I often scroll Twitter and I see two things. One, college strength coaches around the country complaining. I was laughing when <laughs> I saw that. Number two, high school strength coaches in Texas dominating their craft, crushing the game, making good money and loving life might be a few lessons in there somewhere, he says. And so there's comments uh, replying quite a lot of uh, comments about coaches who transitioned out of college, got hired out of high school. And they're talking about making more money, having more free time, more family time. And uh, it's just, it's been, uh, it's been cool. And then somebody recommended somebody asked, Hey, where do I find these high school positions? And somebody recommended the NHS SCA, And uh, one of the coaches out in Arizona, he's one of our members of the uh, NHS SCA. He's like, man, it has just been, he's like, I can't tell you how much better my life is. And I'm going to see if I could read his tweet. I think it's coach Buley, right? Was that what we said? His name was? Yeah. Um, Ah, Man, it's a pain in the butt to find this stuff. I'll have to dig it up. But basically, more free time, more autonomy, less stress, um, just good time. So you and I are going to chat about what we were doing before we got hired at our high school. Um, and I'm going to let you go first, Paul, because you've been at your high school as a strength coach. Well, you were there as an athletic trainer, right?
1: No, I, oh, I got hired as full-time strength coach. Where were, you athletic, where were you the athletic trainer before that? I was with the, uh, Somerset Patriots baseball team. Oh, And then okay. before that I was at Metuchen high school for three years. Doing what at that high school? Athletic training. So
0: let's talk about that. Cause that's an awesome school. I love oh, that yeah.
1: school. Such a small
0: school. It's Metuchen Manisquan where I live in New Jersey is like Metuchen by the beach or Metuchen, yeah. you know, it's a one square mile town, maybe two square miles you know, small hometown feel, little downtown area. What was, you know, so you're three years athletic trainer. Do you get tenured as an athletic trainer like teachers did
1: and all that? I was back then. It wasn't, uh, there wasn't a tenure track for athletic trainers yet. They were just talking to the department of education about, uh, you know, instituting that. And I, if I would have stayed there, I would have, yeah, I would have gotten tenure, no doubt about it. Well, right. I can not say no doubt about it. You never know what's going to happen.
0: But. You never know, but that's, yeah. uh, wow, what a great school. Also that era. So you were there 2007 through 2010?
1: No, I was there. Don't, don't, um, you're going to date me now. Yeah. I was there from 1995
0: through 98. Oh, wow. So um, 95 through 98, you know, strength and conditioning is like not really a thing unless you're at the college sector. Yep. And the internet was very new. So people didn't really know much about that was like around when, you know, quote unquote, functional training mm-hmm. made the wave. So 98, then where do you go to Somerset Patriots, minor league yep. baseball?
1: I got a call. Um, I came home from work on a Friday. I got a call from the hospital that got the contract to uh, supply the Patriots. And they said, um, Hey, uh We were, you were the first one we called. We want to know if you wanted to, you know, start with the team. This was on a Friday. They wanted me in Florida for spring training the following Friday. So I talked to my wife. (laughs) Yeah. I talked to my wife Monday. I go in, I talked to our AD and his name was Mike Stang. He was awesome. And I said, Mike, I said, here's the deal. He says, if you don't go for this, you're crazy. Really, I said, and I I was shocked to hear that. And um, it was in May. So I would have to gotten out of my, my contract a little bit early. And uh, he says, if you go to a a Patriots game in two years and it's fantastic, he goes, you're going to be kicking yourself. He goes, I'll do everything I can to help you along. Um, I called uh, a, a friend, Tim sensor, who was at Kane university. He was running their athletic training program. That afternoon, I said, hey, do you have any uh, students that just graduated or looking for a job? That was on Monday. On Tuesday, I had one of his students who just graduated in my training room, looking at the facility, meeting with our uh, uh, principal, principal. and the principal gave me his blessing, said I'll help you with the board, and Thursday afternoon, I boarded a, a, a plane to go to Florida on Friday for spring training.
0: Um, you probably, I graduated from Kane, you know, December of 97. So technically it's January 98. So it was Mm -hmm. probably one of my classmates and the athletic training, you know, uh, like the internship and the hours that they had to put in was so intense. I'm sure it's, you know, quite rigorous everywhere, but I used to, used to, you know, as an athlete, I used to go in and, you know, meet up with uh, my buddies and they were, I was going through the health and phys ed track, but that was a very tough track. And so it's so good to hear that somebody supported you. Now, you know, I, I don't recall hearing about Somerset Patriots until that late 90s, maybe mid 90s. So was that a new minor league
1: organization? Or? Oh yeah. We didn't even, we didn't even have a stadium the first year. We did a hundred games, act, a hundred games on the road. Every day, no off days.
0: So you traveled
1: and by bus? Bus every oh, dude. <laughs> day. And I'll tell you what, I I, I, I I started loving strength and conditioning when I was up in touch and going in the weight room, helping right. guys out. So when I got with the Patriots, I, uh, I, I I was learning about Mike Boyle. Mike Boyle was just coming into his own, yes. just opening up his facilities, learning his stuff. So I ordered some bands. I had some dumbbells. I had them in a, in a crate. That would go on the bus and we pull into a you know a hotel and I got to know the GMs at the hotel and I say, Hey, uh, hey Tracy, what ballroom's open tomorrow morning? She'd say oh. ballroom B. So I'd go down to ballroom B first thing in the morning, put out all my stuff and we'd run through some circuits down in the down so in the you ballroom. You were
0: not just the athletic trainer. You were doubling as the strength coach. I was, yeah. Oh, did they tell you that you were gonna be the strength coach or what what was the
1: (laughs) I just ran with it. What I mean, who else is gonna do it, right?
0: Oh my goodness. This is better than the movie Bull Durham. (laughs) It was (laughs) on the bus all the time.
1: we had we we had a we had an old salty relief pitcher, John Briscoe. And oh man, what a great guy. One of my favorites. (laughs) Five years if you play old uh, Nintendo MLB, he's one of the pitchers that you pick. And uh we Started, you know, doing the stuff on the field too, yeah. And uh, Billy Blanks, you remember Ty Bo? Sure, was, was just coming out, and yeah. Risco's like, I'm tired of this Ty Bo crap. And all <laughs> that stuff. It was Ty Bo from then on. Man. Oh my we,
0: god, what you were doing, Blank. he called what you were doing Ty Bo, yeah, <laughs> dude. I got a funny story about that Ty Bo stuff. So, you know, my wife and I got married in 2004, and um. She had seen an infomercial with Billy Blanks, Tybo. Uh-huh. And she's like, honey, order me, you know, this, whatever, the DVD, you know, they're call this phone number. I order the, the DVD and uh, it's like, takes you from like, press this button to end, press this button. I was like, man, I hit like six buttons. For the next six months, I was getting like DVDs every month, vitamins, everything. I was like, Danielle, this thing was supposed to be like 1995. I'm getting, I'm getting like dinged like 200 something bucks a month with like vitamins and videos. Yeah. And like um, equipment was showing up. I, I always bust my wife for that. Like I was supposed to order one DVD and I was like, man, they upsold me like 600 times on that phone call. I didn't even know what was going on. My, my brain <laughs> exploded.
1: You got to find some of those old ones.
0: Dude, that is funny. So you're on the road. Man, that must have been brutal, Paul, because then you had kids, right? Did you have kids back? Not yet. Not, no, yet. not yet. Still brutal, though, right?
1: It was tough. Um, my wife uh, came. Usually she would come up on Fridays, wherever we were, and uh, stay the weekend. So That's that cool. year we played um, in Bridgeport. So the Newark Bears and the Bridge and, and Bridgeport. Where's Bridgeport? Played, Rhode Island or Connecticut? Uh, Connecticut. Um, it's uh, like two and a half hours away, right? Yeah. Straight up 95 towards Walk. Sure. Um, so the Newark Bears actually played there as well. So when we pulled into Bridgeport, <clears> the Newark sure that, Bears? Yeah. They, that's the only place they're they still play around. Play. Well, they were then. That was their first year. So they've folded since then. Wow. Um, but they they scheduled it so we'd play a, a four game set against Bridgeport, a four game set against um, Newark. And in a three game set against Bridgeport. So we would be in Bridgeport for 11 days, which would be great because we could go get our clothes washed. We could, you know, you know, unpack a little bit. Nice. Uh, Nashville, New Hampshire um, was one of the places we played. Um, Atlantic City was one of the places we played. And um, where else?
0: Donald Trump was trying to pump up Atlantic City way back then.
1: Remember? He was, big time. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> he dropped the ball. <laughs> So that place, well, I'm not, I'm not saying anything. We're not
0: you, saying you, nothing. No comment. <laughs>
1: that's right. Um, But you know, some, some great, great story. I mean, you and I could talk for, uh, I'd love to sit down and, and talk to you about a lot of these and with a lot of guys, you know, Charles Poe was our, our left fielder. Charles Poe was famous for, he was the guy who lost his job when Michael Jordan wanted to play baseball. Oh, right. With the, with the Birmingham Barons, you know, and, and Charles will tell you, he goes, <clears throat> Yeah, he gave me a couple of sweatsuits, so that was good, you know, <laughs> you know, but Charles, one of the best players and, and people uh, I've ever met, you know, Tim Raines uh, spent three weeks with us and, you know, uh, Pat Kelly getting ready for the Olympics and got to throw BP to Tim Raines and take uh, infield flips from Pat Kelly and, um, you know, just some, some great people, John Briscoe, uh, Darren Winston. I know we just discussed yes, it before, yes. an Edison guy. Um <clears throat> Just uh, guys who I, I never really knew why they weren't in the big leagues. They were I thought they were that good.
0: Right. Um, what about injuries back then, Paul? Like, I, I love talking with coaches who've been around late 90s, early 2000s, and here we are 21 years later. What new injuries were you seeing now or the past five to 10 years compared to pre-2010? I feel like after 2010, the wheels fell off in a weird way.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure they're new. I just that I we see them a lot earlier in some of these kids. These kids like are getting stuff that um, some of your 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 rotator cuff bigger injuries, not just you know little rotator cuff strains, um, labrum tears, you know, and, and torn off the bone. Um, first labrum tear I ever wor- worked with was uh, one of our pitchers, and. His was so torn. He went to reach back to adjust his pillow and he almost dislocated his shoulder. That's how unstable his shoulder was. Now we're getting kids, you know, 16 years old with these labrum tears.
0: Why? When you assess the physical, you know, so I'm not a baseball guy. So when my son is pitching, I say, Ethan, do you know what you're doing out there? Because I don't really know what to say, (laughs) like technique wise. So when you assess a baseball player and you look at him physically, do you, have there been certain things that kind of pop out as like this guy is, it, it's a red flag that he might injure labrum rotator. Is there something that you see physically in them?
1: Well, once, once I started learning about the movements, functional movement screen and, and looking at you know <clears throat> movement at a joint by joint level. Um, yes. I started seeing more things, you know, and, and, making making sure that I did a great assessment on the hips and that the hips and the upper body could disassociate. So we wanted that that serape effect or that rotational effect between our hips. And don't forget the hips are rotating different directions at a different time at different times. So it's Correct. not completely one. You know your right hip is internally rotating while your left hip is externally rotating as you're delivering the ball. Um, know as you're as you're getting ready to throw everybody thinks that they're keeping their eye on the ball but they're actually rotating their their neck to the left while their thoracic spine is rotating to the right so there's a lot of contra uh contra not contralateral um movements in different directions and especially rotation so we started looking at that looking at cervical rotation start looking at hip rotation internal and external um how they work independently how they work at the, the same way um and you know, then looking at the them pitching and seeing, well, you know what, they have a, little bit of a deficit here that could actually, again, work their way up the chain to the point where now their shoulder, their biceps, their labrum could get affected because maybe their right hip is a little bit tight in internal rotation. Right.
0: Um, you know, what's so interesting, too, is <clears throat> I lo- do. you know, driveline baseball. Do you watch any of their stuff?
1: I've I've seen some of theirs yeah
0: yeah super intense aggressive like lifting and with straight bar benching squatting deadlifting, uh Anderson squats and like here I am so conservative of like oh once you're you know like a junior or you've got some time lifting I don't want them touching a straight bar I want them on a safety bar and Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm like man do I just overthink these things and so it's uh Interesting how it's really not as a group baseball, but it's just like look, it's it's looking at the individual. Um, whoops, hold on a second. <laughs> All right, my son just texted me that his stomach hurts and I have to pick him up. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> and so um, this is so funny. <clears throat> All right. I'm gonna ha- let me tell him I'll be there in 15 minutes. This we're going live. Hold on, yep. let me see. I'll be there in 15 minutes. Hang tough, buddy. <laughs> okay. So we'll have to do this as a part two. We're going to go for like right. another seven minutes here. So <clears throat> you start working at the high school at what year, Paul? Oh, 2011?
1: 2011, 2011 at central. Yeah.
0: And were you uh, living in that area? How did they find out about you and how did you find out
1: about this position? Well, in ninety eight. 98- um, with the Patriots, um, was my first year. And in 99, we opened up the ballpark. Um, and, uh, I'm sorry, we, we went into the ballpark right. in 2003. Um, the CEO of the hospital came to me and said, Hey, we're, we're thinking about taking over a space in the ballpark. You want to come over and look at it with us. And he took me into the third base. If you've been there in the third base side, there's two levels. It's was supposed to be a restaurant, walked in there and I'm like, wow, this is awesome. He goes, what about performance training and pt i said yeah we could make this work so actually helped design a facility um you know learning about code and everything else and uh so we put the performance upstairs we put the pt downstairs and who did uh, you up and,
0: did you up. use perform better as that was like an early perf- not yet <clears throat> who did like where would you buy equipment in the late 90s
1: uh i had a friend in allentown yeah uh, who actually did some of his own fabrication? Wow! So he made a couple of racks for us. Um, he made our sleds for us. Oh my uh, god! Dumbbells—we just bought. Actually, we bought the dumbbells from him too. Nice. Um, we had them delivered. We carried them upstairs, put them on the elevator. But um, yeah, back then, uh, not a whole lot of people doing what we were doing. Right. I think uh, it was you. Uh, you guys, you just were starting. I started um, in like O two. I put information yeah. on the internet. Why well, had one guy come for a must to you? Snitch Jack, um, played for Immaculata football. He trained with us a little bit, and he came and trained with you.
0: Who? Oh, hold on. I'm texting. I'm sorry to everybody. I'm. I'm now. My daughter's texting me. Oh, I'm gonna pick him up in ten minutes. <laughs> I'm getting <clears throat> bombarded. All right. Now my son texts me back. Yes. This, you know, let's give a little code for the, you know, the newer dads out there. Stomach hurts means I'm not really enjoying school today. I would like to come home and do my own (laughs) thing. My stomach will heal as soon as I get home. Right. That's so funny. So sorry for all these interruptions. These crazy kids I have, (laughs) you know, I told Paul before we recorded, I'm in my basement office, but. You know, if it's not a text message, I've got some windows there. I've been shot with Nerf guns during podcasts. I've given live webinars where my daughter pulled out her tooth. She had like blood nice. all over her hand. Nice. The guy, the guy who recorded the webinar, emails me. He goes, "I hope our transcriptionist uh, can type very fast because you were speaking very fast." And it's because I saw her like climbing through the window and then doing little things near the desk and then kind of hovering around me and then just yanks her tooth out. It it prepares you for being a high school strength coach.
1: The memories.
0: (laughs) The memories and just, you know, expect the unexpected. So, okay, go. let's go back. We've got a few minutes. Go back to the setting up of the equipment. This sounds amazing. You're setting up equipment. You're hired as an athletic trainer, but now you're a strength coach, which I think is would be really solid. Uh, You know, you have more, uh, James, the thinker Smith calls it like a global, I'd I'd have to pick up his book again. It's like global strength and conditioning where in the early Soviet Union, the sport coach was also the performance coach and the performance coach also knew recovery methods. Mm -hmm. That's why you'd see in the 60s, the wrestling coaches training them in wrestling. Then they're lifting weights, specialized exercises. Then they're doing massage and they were very yeah. in tune. I think you being strength and I, that's why I call it a strength and performance coach. You know, I feel like it sounds like you are <clears throat> aiding in performance, but you were also the athletic trainer. Yeah. So, you know, now let's go, we have a few minutes. We'll definitely do a part two. What happened that you got into and Central. How did that happen?
1: Well, I, I, I was I was going to leave the hospital um, for a new opportunity, and the opportunity came up, um, and it was a sales job. It was it was a company that sold compression shorts for women, and you know how the compression shorts now will actually help with with fluid reduction. You know how they're tight in one area, yeah. loose in the other. Well, these actually helped with um, reduce the risk of ACL injuries. Shorts, like or were they, pressure, they like three-quarter? Tight, yeah, tight compression. So they went mid-thigh. Um, and we actually had the research from some, some high-end people in North Carolina, at the University of North Carolina. And they worked. I mean, as far as I was concerned, they were a slam dunk. So I was going to do ACL prevention program along with, you know, or reduction program along with these. We had him on the girls' basketball team from Yale. We had him on the UPenn girls' lacrosse team, That's women's big. lacrosse team. Yep. Um, three months in, the, the business went under, Ugh. just like that. So now I'm out of work. I'm I'm living in Hunterdon County, and um, the athletic director found out that I was looking for work. Their guy just happened to be leaving, and uh, it, it 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 was it was meant to be. Boom!
0: Lucky. So. We will continue in part two. If you want to meet me after your workout today, we could do that. Okay. And uh, NHSSCA.us would love to see more members get inside the Facebook group, and for our members, log into the website, go to the member resources, look at all the different articles with different programming, different tra- you know training, different athletic teams, getting the um, board of education members on board, fundraising you know, expanding your weight room. There's articles on all of that stuff. So uh, NHS, sca.us. I'm Zach Evnish. This is my buddy, Paul Colodi. Hashtag family. Hashtag Sopranos. Hashtag we want a Cadillac. Jersey way. (laughs) Jersey way. We will talk to everybody next time. This story will be continued. And then I'll talk about my transitions with private and collegiate. So we'll talk to everybody soon. Yeah. Paul, hang tight a second, buddy. I'm going to just stop recording.